Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. So like every episode is kind of my favorite episode, I guess, but truly love this episode so much with Sharon. She is dropping such incredible wisdom and for anyone on a mindfulness meditation journey or looking to get started, her story and her her advice um, is definitely, definitely going to be so valuable to you. So um, before we dive into the episode, I just want to remind you that... I just want to reach as many of you as possible, so if you're listening, please just share with a friend, share on your social media, share, let me know what you thought, Um, leave a review, subscribe, but the more people um, we can reach with these beautiful stories, um, that is is all I hope for, and um, definitely pour my heart and soul into this podcast, so... um, the more the merrier who can listen. Um, But just thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today. And here is the episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, We are in for such a treat because today I have Sharon Clear on the podcast. She is a meditation and mindfulness teacher and author of the children's yoga book, Namaste Rainbow. Um, And she is just, if you've ever been around her, listening to her voice today, I know you're going to think the same thing. She has this um, beautiful energy and I can't wait to um, share her wisdom with you all. Sharon, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And what a nice introduction. Thank you. <laughs> um, Sharon, can you just – I always like to get started with like just how did you get on this entrepreneurship path? But first, can you talk a little bit about how you got into um, the line of work that you do, meditation and mindfulness, teaching others? Yeah, it definitely was one of those things that it was a journey. I sort of fell into one step at a time. I fell into it because I needed it myself, uh, mostly. Mm -hmm. I was very much a workaholic, if if there ever was one. Um, And I became a workaholic because I was kind of hiding from some past trauma. Um, And... So to avoid dealing with that, I became a legal office manager, (laughs) which was a very busy job. And then I thought, you know what? I'll also work at a restaurant. 
because that'll keep me busy and have a bunch of hobbies. And, you know, so I would come into work at 5 a.m. and leave my place at 4, so I was an hour away. And then after the law office, I would head over to the restaurant and work until 11 and then drive home back at midnight. And so I was getting no sleep and I was overworking myself and I was like, I'm fine. You know, (laughs) I'm totally fine. What are you talking about? People were like, are you okay? You seem stressed out. And uh, eventually ended up having some serious stress side effects, which is not what I realized. I didn't think that's what they were initially. Um, But I was having a silent migraines that looked very much like I was having a stroke. So I would kind of black out my, I would lose my vision, tunnel vision to blacking out. And then uh, I would have my arm would twitch or I'd lose mobility on half of my body. So they couldn't figure out what was going on with me until one brilliant doctor finally said to me, how are you feeling? And I thought, oh, what a stupid question. How am I feeling? I feel terrible. <laughs> you know, I feel absolutely terrible. That's why I'm here. And he was like, no, no. How are you feeling? Like, emotionally. Mm. And in that moment, I just started crying. And I was very mad at myself for crying. It was this very strange, hysterical kind of scene where I was like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? (laughs) And in that moment, I was like, oh, no, I have not been listening to my emotions for a long time. Wow. I haven't asked myself that for a long time. And so after that doctor's appointment, I don't know why, but I booked a flight halfway across the world to Indonesia. Mm. And then was like, hadn't had enough. So I went with to stay with some friends in China, uh, studied some Taoism, some yoga. And then finally in India, um, spent a, a couple months there becoming a certified yoga and meditation instructor. Wow. Yeah. And then what, here I am. What um what a wild journey. It's it's so telling how stress truly does tell like show up in your body. And it does. and I think that it is really just um so fascinating that you were just like, let's let's go to India. This is what I need. Like, did yeah. you did you have some knowledge of meditation before and you were like, I think this is just what I need. I need to fully immerse myself in this lifestyle or You know, <clears throat> I had um a, a great deal of interest in Taoism. Mm. Um and Taoism and meditation are are not directly linked, but um there are very much some synchronicities there. And so I sort of had a knowledge of meditation before, but it wasn't a regular practice. And it wasn't something even when I left for India that I knew that I needed to return to. I started Mm -hmm. just sort of falling into that practice because I was desperate for anything. Because initially, um, I was being prescribed, you know, um, antidepressants, sleep aids, ADHD medication. I was on a plethora of medications. And when this doctor asked me, how how are you feeling? 
I don't know what it was about that week in my life, but I just like took all my medications, which you I do not advise, um, and flushed them down the toilet. I was like, nope, wow. <laughs> can't be doing this anymore. And I quit my job, both jobs. Um, and then I had nothing. And that was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And my brain was like, leave, just leave, you know, which I don't advise doing either. These are running away tactics, you know, but <laughs> it brought me to the right place, you know, yeah. it brought me to the right place which just happened to be India because mostly I if I'm being really honest the reason I did my yoga and meditation meditation teacher training was almost to justify my travels like I felt mm. like I had to justify what I was doing out there and it just so happened that you know yoga and meditation really aligned with the soul searching that I was doing um wow. that's beautiful and how did that turn into a business then well, after you returned and everything. The funny thing is when I I thought I was going to come back and be a yoga instructor, but the truth was that I really wasn't interested so much in the physical side of the practice and that I was really when I meditation resonated so much more with me. Um and they are one they are you know like squares and rectangles. Yeah. <laughs> they are very much for the same purpose. Right. But that mental aspect of it was definitely my focus. And when I came back, within a week, um, a friend from high school was like, oh, my mom is opening a meditation studio. You should go talk to her. Wow. Yeah. And so I did, and she hired me on the spot. And I was the first instructor over at the Lotus, which is where we met. Yeah. Initially, yeah. Um, and so I was the first instructor there and uh it was slow, you know, opening a new business there was slow. Um and so coming back from India, I didn't have a job, and then one was kind of handed to me and it just happened to be teaching meditation and I haven't stopped. Wow. Amazing. And now what would you describe like most of your work? I mean, you're doing a lot to help you kind of have two different uh, businesses, I guess, um, mm -hmm. so where you meditation corporation, where you're helping businesses and then also helping individuals, right? Yeah. So because of my corporate background, you know, and the workaholic nature of like what led me here, I think that the corporate work that I do is really valuable to me and hopefully to the people that I work with um, yeah. because I don't think work and work environments have to be, you know, so stressful. Yeah. I think we make these work environments more stressful than they need to be. Like the we need to take care of our employees' mental health first. And if you show as a as an employer, like, respect and take care of your employees from that level of, like, your mental, emotional well-being means something to us as a corporation because of what you offer us, I think people work better, work harder, care more about their jobs. Yes. It's just a mutual respect thing, you know, if you feel like you're being – honored and and held then you mm -hmm. want to you you want to honor that as in return um so you know this is a podcast kind of for entrepreneurs who are looking to not get 
kind of sucked into that yes. hustle, nose to the grindstone. Um, I know it all too well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, yeah, I resonate so much with everything you've said, but uh, minus the taking off to India part, which I'm a little mm-hmm. envious of. <laughs> um, but how can, what are some ways that entrepreneurs can incorporate mindfulness into their business? Like some mm-hmm. simple ways that you have helped businesses um, in the past, um, you know, incorporate yes. mindfulness into their their businesses. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so glad you asked because that's exactly what I do. You know, sometimes I host right. <laughs> workshops, you know, and do meditation in corporate settings, but I also work with uh, solopreneurs on doing just that, making their business more, operate more mindfully. Um, and systems, having simple systems in place. And I know that it's not the easiest to do, but I think having systems for me, like streamlining everything so that I know for me as a creative, as a solopreneur, I can really get this sort of like squirrel mindset where I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, shiny new idea, shiny new idea, shiny new idea. (laughs) And I want to do everything because I'm passionate about what I do, which is what I find with a lot of solopreneurs is that we want to do it all. Mm. And then we end up overwhelming ourselves by not choosing. Yes. And the thing is, choosing And it's just like what I teach in my mindfulness class. One thing at a time, choosing one thing at a time is not giving up on your other dreams and ambitions. It's, it's focus and it's attention. Yes. Yeah. So writing all those big ideas down, keeping those organized in a safe space so that you can go back to them, but knowing what your priorities are. Okay, I'm going to start here creating yeah. that plan. And and I know that's not the most um, step-by-step, you know, mm-hmm. that creating systems in and of itself is a process. Um, but once you have that, okay, this is what my week looks like. And these are the tasks that I do on repeat. And you get better and better and better at that one system. Then you end up with more space and time to add layers into your business. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Can you provide like an example of how that looks in your business, a system that you've established kind of? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been reworking this. I've kind of taken a step back because I, even myself, am very vulnerable to falling into that hyper busy mode. Right. And I know this about myself. And so sometimes I have to take a step back. I think definitely with the Rona, (laughs) I think that the online nature of what I have been doing has become a little bit out of balance. So what I have done is tried to um, create a sort of funnel for content creation. So I have my Monday morning meditation class, which you can attend live on Zoom. Mm. Um, And I record that class. And then I, the process is, so I have this live class, which then I like hosting it live because it fosters the relationships that I have within that class. Um, But then I record it 
and edit it into chunks one chunk for YouTube, one chunk for social, um, and then the full version ends up on my Patreon page. Um, And then I take my notes from that one class. So before I host this class, I write almost a full blog. And that blog process comes naturally out of my meditation. So I have my meditation every morning. I write and keep notes. Before this class on Monday, I uh, try to really clarify and refine and turn it into something that is teachable. Then I take that post and turn that into a um, the written copy for all of those platforms. Yeah. So that's my content system. Um, I am still working on perfecting that because, you know, being structured and disciplined about it can be a little tricky. Things have been falling through the cracks. Um, But that's a system I've been working with most recently and trying to implement and perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so doing this work is hard because we're human and Mm -hmm. um, our egos (laughs) – get in the way. And um, so I'm just curious, how do you stay yourself in a healthy headspace mm-hmm. in order to help others? And yeah, what are some some ways that you take care of yourself? So I am really glad that you asked this because I've been trying some new things recently. I think it's really important to have um, a balanced space between structure in those types of routines and fluidity and flexibility. Yes. Mm. So I am not somebody who likes structure. (laughs) I am that free spirit kind of person. And so sitting down and having this like, first I have to do this and then I have to do that and then I have to do that doesn't work well for me, I find myself becoming not so passionate about uh, my morning routines and the things that I do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of started to happen to me, especially during quarantine, I think. Um, I ended up, my, my the routines and my self-care and uh, my morning routine and my evening routine started to feel really stale. And yeah. I wasn't getting, I wasn't enthusiastic about it. it. Just felt like something that I was doing that wasn't benefiting me. And so now, what I have done is I've created a list of all the things that make me happy and do just that for me. Take care of myself. Yeah. And I have a list, and it's a checklist. And in the morning, I give myself two hours. Doesn't matter what time I wake up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Well, I have to wake up at seven, and I have to be this sort of Type A person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, so I just give myself two hours, and that two hours I can choose from this list of things, and I just try to check off as many as I can in those two hours. On that list is, you know. Qigong, yoga, meditation, hypno. I listen to a lot of hypnosis. I'm doing some hypno training Um, Mm. and painting, walking my dogs. Yes. Gardening. So I just have this checklist and I wake up in the morning and I try to get as many as I can done, not not in a fast paced way, but just 
focused so Mm -hmm. that I don't end up distracted by my phone or by chores or by X, Y, and Z. And then when those two hours are done, then I go about my day. But if I find myself in a pause, then I go back to that list. Instead of like getting in this space of like decision fatigue of, okay, what do I do with this empty space in my life? I go back to that checklist and see if I can check off any more of those Mm. things that make me happy. I love that so much um, because something I'm working on right now is uh, subconscious phone usage, Uh, (laughs) Um, which I know we all fall victim to in Mm -hmm. this (laughs) world that we live in. So I feel like that's also a very powerful tool for so many reasons. I love that approach, but you could also refer to that list because it's a distraction. So it's like if we the phone is a distraction. So if we, mm-hmm. you know, when we're feeling the urge to scroll, well, mm-hmm. if I have a list of things that I know would actually make me feel better than scrolling, why mm-hmm. not refer to that list? I exactly. love that. When I yeah. made that list, I really was asking myself, how do I want to spend my time? Yeah. And because I because of the phone scrolling, it's such a trap. It is such a trap. a trap. And it's designed to be that way. We can't blame ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we use them for work and um, it's just, yeah, we have to be conscious in our approach towards it. Um, but I also love that because I am the same way in that I think that a lot of our um, – a lot – of our self-care practices can become so rigid. Like I am checking this off and if I do this, I will be happy. And that's not (laughs) exactly how it works. It's not. Check all the boxes to be happy. And it's like, no, these are just kind of, I just love that approach. So thank you for sharing that because I think that that is also a solution to, you know, not being so strict with ourselves. Um, Because, you know, all of us that are doing this work too, we read that, oh, your habits are everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, structured habits, like, mm-hmm. but it can become um, an obsession. Well, I think too, even just when you are on your phone, when you are on social media, you see everybody doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this self-care culture has become this like sort of new um, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> It's like my whole self-care is like now a hustle. And it's like, no, 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 no. These things were not intended to make you feel guilty. Oh, wow, Sharon. I love that. That's so good. And so as soon as my practice started making me feel bad about myself, I was like, I was like, this is messed up. Like, (laughs) yeah, my spirituality, my practices, all of these things that we think, you know, these things too can become very much like the old ways you used to distract yourself. Yes. If you're I, not careful. I love that you said that because my coach and I were actually, we talk about this sometimes where, um, you know, so much of the, even the mindfulness meditation space, mm-hmm. the teaching space has turned into more of doing instead of the Mm -hmm. being. The whole point is just to be, use these tools that help you become more present, not help you Mm -hmm. get in the productive mode. So, um, so that actually brings me to another question. I really wanted to ask you, um, Mm -hmm. slowing down sometimes 
I feel like you will relate to this. For myself, when I slow down as a as a recovering workaholic, um, it makes me almost get into this scarcity mindset um, of where will my next paycheck come from if mm-hmm. I'm not if I'm not um, you know pumping the gas constantly, constantly going 100 miles an hour and thinking ahead. How have you experienced that? And if so, like how do you kind of face that? Yes. <laughs> this, yeah, I resonate so much with that. And I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, yeah. It, it is really scary. It's funny how, you know, I thought leaving the nine to five would solve that problem, but instead made it bigger for me initially. Yeah. Right. Because, um, because of that fear, like, I, especially when you become an entrepreneur, because everybody else, when you take that step, nobody's validating you. Nobody hired you to do this. Right. (laughs) And in fact, there's probably a lot of people in your life, and there was for me, who were like, I'm sorry, you're going to do what? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, you quit your nice paying legal job to do what sort of woo-woo spiritual what? (laughs) You know, (laughs) really? And so all of that doubt, if you aren't really, really, really confident in yourself, and honestly, who is? Not me. I work on it. You know, I work on it. It's a practice. Of course. You know, then all that doubt will sort of sleep, seep in. And if you aren't getting, especially initially when you start off, if you aren't getting that financial validation, it can be very hard to keep going. But if you don't keep going, then you don't reach that point. You know? mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me is like facing that fear and knowing that it is really just that. It's just, I'm just afraid of scarcity. I'm yeah. just afraid of not having enough. And so what I am always trying to remind myself is that I am enough and I do have enough. I have a roof over my head. I have more than enough food. I am paying the bills. Like, and that is really good enough. And more than that, I am doing those things by doing the thing that I love. Right. And that really is the success I was looking for. Right. So as much as I can get into this mindset of being like, oh, but I could do more and I could make more and I could, you know, could, 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 and it's not enough, it's not enough, it actually is enough. And so recently I have really tried to slow down and that's why I was excited about your podcast. Just the name alone, I've been writing the name of your podcast everywhere. Oh. (laughs) I have been. It's all over my journal because it's such a good – motto dream big live slow slow down slow down slow down because I can accomplish my dreams and everything that I want without having to hustle my days can be super super slow super lazy and I am worthy of that that's okay (laughs) I, I have permission to do that in my life it is my life right yes and I just I totally resonate with everything you said because it's like we can really get in this in this headspace of you know when we dream big like wanting more constantly wanting Mm -hmm. more and it's like but 
when are we waiting for more to be happy and content with our lives? Mm -hmm. And when we get there, is that really going to fulfill us? No. I mean, being here right now is, is where we, yeah, where we need to find our, our joy because if I don't like the journey towards that dream, the dream is, is not what I think it is, Mm. you know? And if I, if I'm going to dream, like, dreaming it's about trusting in that vision like it's not about oh how do I get there for me anymore for me it's just this is gonna happen in my life and I don't know how (laughs) I don't know how but I trust that I'll get there it's about trusting yourself you know that you're on the right path and that you know that you don't have to constantly be you know beating a dead horse (laughs) yeah I feel like I do that with all of my projects so often. I'm like, oh, it's not perfect enough. I got to mold it again and again and again. Yeah. (laughs) That perfectionist. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, perfectionism is such a big part, I think, of um, the entrepreneur's path in Mm -hmm. something that, you know, prevents us from from just being more fluid uh, Mm -hmm. with our journey. It's just wanting things to be perfect. So I just really am curious when you got into this line of work and, you know, you're continually passionate about what you do, what is it, why is this work so important to you and what kind of transformation have you seen in yourself and in others that keeps you passionate? I do this work because it's what I needed, like, and I needed it desperately and without it I really don't know where I would be because I was mentally not in a safe space so much so that it took me physically into a not safe space right and and I created that in my head (laughs) 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 and I kind of realized like wow if I can do all of this with my brain then I can probably do the opposite too if I can drag myself down so far just with my own thoughts, then I could probably lift myself up with my own thoughts. Oh, that's good. And, you know, we don't, you, your parents, hopefully, uh, try to teach you, you know, like how to be a good person. But I feel like very rarely do people know how to teach other people, and especially at a young age, how to take care of themselves and how to love themselves right despite of external factors it sometimes I think especially our generation was taught like okay I love it when you're good and good is x y and z it's certain behaviors it's certain like you know things and you're you earn that love yeah and it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> right. Love is like, and this peace and everything, it is always there. And you need to learn how to create and cultivate that for yourself, no matter what you accomplish, mm. no matter what you are doing. Like your being, just your pure existence is really rather phenomenal. Yeah. And you can love that that is enough yes I love that it's it's so much of what we have been taught is that we find 
joy, peace, contentment in the external. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, it's only inside of us. Mm-hmm. It's the only place it can be found. Um, we'll and it's share. always there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been there all along. You just have been focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Simple mental shift. That takes practice though because mental habits, you know, they get ingrained in your subconscious, those mental habits. So it's not like, oh, well, now that I know this on a conscious level, I can change. It's like, no, no, no. There actually has work to be done and there's actually tools and skills that you can learn to reprogram that so that, you know, you can't just like decide to break a smoking habit. Well, you probably could, but it would be hard. Same thing with any mental habit. Like, it, it's actually very much the same as smoking. It's like these mental habits are ingrained in your subconscious as much as needing a cigarette is. Like you, That's how your brain knows how to function. So you have to retrain it. Right. And there's tools for that. And I didn't have those tools before. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit, what are some of your go-to, one or two maybe, that someone could take from today of a tool to – to shift those thought patterns um, mm-hmm. to something more productive, I guess, or not productive, but um, mm-hmm. more beneficial. Well, okay. So a really simple and a really common one is just a very simple practice of mindfulness. And I do this as an intro to all of my meditations. Um, and it just is to become really present. So you start to notice everything in your space. Just notice, like, okay, color, textures, shapes, shadows, light. How does, and then bring it in a little closer to your body. Okay, okay. How does my body feel sitting on this chair? And I'm not trying to judge or change it. I'm just like trying to become hyper aware. Like, if I were to walk away from this moment, what would I forget? Yeah. Those little details. Okay. My body, what really is going on? What, what actually is going on in my body? What sensations? Because it's really easy, especially really driven entrepreneurial types, right? For me to disassociate from my body so I can go, go, go. Right. So it's really important. Okay. Tap into my body. All right. Now in my body, as I'm scanning, what physical sensations do I have and what emotional sensations do I have? And attached to those physical, emotional sensations, what are the thoughts behind them? Mm. So I scan my environment. I scan my body. My emotions are this kind of strange space between my head and my body. So what are my emotions? What are my thoughts in this moment? And I'm not trying to come at that process with a judgment. In the same way that I scan my environment is the same way I should scan my body and my mind. So that one for being present is really helpful. But the second tool that I really love to share um, is for reprogramming those subconscious thoughts. And it's really a very simple process. The first step is to become very relaxed. So create your space, like really indulge in that self-care of making yourself relaxed. If you have a hard time relaxing physically, you can just say to yourself, my arms are heavy, my legs are heavy, and repeat that over and over and over again. My arms are warm, my legs are warm. My arms are heavy, my legs are heavy. 
This is shown to work really, really well with people from the West. And I could go on way too long about why. (laughs) But um, so you want to relax the body. Once the body is relaxed, right, deeply relaxed, like you want to use an affirmation. Oop, I skipped a step. Sorry. So deeply (laughs) relaxed, evoke an emotion. Okay. So you're going to become relaxed. You're going to think about the people that you love and, or just think about feeling loved and allow that feeling to really overcome your body, overcome your mind. You want to be fully immersed in that emotion and then an affirmation. So create that affirmation first before you go into your session, if you will. And that affirmation is going to be the mental habit that you know that you need to change where that tension is in your life. And I think if we pause for just one moment, we tend to know what that is for ourselves. Yes. And that habitual negative thought that you have, your affirmation is the opposite. And it can be super simple. It can be, I am wealthy. (laughs) If you're (laughs) constantly telling yourself you're broke, you know, yeah, it's that simple. Like, And so what the relaxation and the emotion does is it puts your brain in an alpha theta brainwave state, which is where you create new neurological pathways. Mm. And the more, then the last part of this is to seek validation in your life. Tell yourself it is working. Your practice is working. Your manifestation is working. It's working. And seek for any signs of that always be looking for signs of that. Ooh, that's beautiful. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to. Can you tell everyone how they can work with you? Because I know after hearing all of that, <laughs> everyone's going to want to know, okay, how can I get more <laughs> of this? How can I get more of sharing clear? So yeah. how can they find you? How can they work with you? What are some you know, ways that they can engage with your work? So there's a couple of ways. Um, I am on Patreon. Um, it's a new platform for me. So I'm still, it's still growing, but all of my classes, every single last one uh, is on there as a, um, a little library. So those are great tools. Um you can join me for those classes live every Monday on Zoom, and that the link for that um, is on my website as well as on my Instagram bio link, and you should be able to find it easily from either of those places. Um, if you want to work one-on-one with me, you can email me, um, and I have a really hokey email. It was kind of an inside joke <laughs> with uh, some of the people on my Patreon page, um, and it is the secret meditation society at (laughs) gmail.com awesome (laughs) it's not so secret but it is (laughs) it just just sounded sexy i was like that works (laughs) and what's your instagram name again yes so my instagram is clear like my last name mind underscore sharon perfect Mm -hmm. wonderful sharon thank you so much for sharing your love and light with all of us. I know that everyone's going to leave this episode feeling just so much peace from your 
from your wisdom. So thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad that we finally were able to collaborate because I love, I love everything that you create. It's uh <sighs> you are it's so beautiful. sweet. Thank you so much. As always, thank you so much for listening. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts and please feel free to share this episode um, wherever you're listening and um, on social media or share it with a friend that you think might enjoy it. But um, truly, truly forever grateful for you listening out there. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.